Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love. Break them apart to find out what gives them their magic. Magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by the vaginal flesh shack sack that I poured into myself. And that was really Alex Dandino, just so everyone knows. Vaginal Flesh Shack. That should be a movie of its own. That definitely is a fl- that's definitely a flick. At minimum, a B fifty two song. <laughs> Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, yeah, this is our uh, this is our foray into the pod fears the net curation we're doing this month. We're not doing a uh, a pre-show anymore. Our schedules are a little tight. We don't know how much value that gives you guys, anyways. So let me clue you in now. This month we're doing a Pod Fears the Net. And before you fucking at me, I know that most of these movies take place in virtual reality, not the internet. Yeah, just relax. It's kind guys. of a lawless Mad Max future of the 90s where the internet was coming. And a lot of us knew it was coming, but we didn't know what shape it would take. And one of the prevailing themes is that we all thought we would just give up on life and live in the internet. Yeah. Turns out not so wrong. <laughs> We're close. So we picked, yeah, we picked movies in this vein. So this month we will be covering Johnny Mnemonic, Keanu Reeves, uh, kind of carrying data in his brain in a virtual reality internet place. Uh, the Lawnmower Man, which would be flowers for Algernon if the janitor became uh, a Freddy Krueger like god of the internet. <laughs> and uh, Virtuosity, Denzel Washington is a cop tracking down a kind of internet virtual reality murderer really fun stuff but today 1999 cronenberg classic existence this comes at it from kind of the social gaming aspect right right so more than the rest this is people um who get caught up in game culture that's what this game is tackling or this movie there's a lot of like alex yeah hit me with your thoughts uh yeah, you know, it's Cronenberg. <laughs> uh, this is, is this the third Cronenberg movie we've done or the fourth? Like, this is the I thing. This is at least the third. At least the third Cronenberg movie. Uh, this is the newest one we've done on the show by far. Uh, I think I prefer his old stuff. Uh, this is the also I read that this is the this was the first original screenplay he'd written since Videodrome, which makes a wow. lot of sense. Um, this movie is weird. It's not really about it's hard to say like it's about the dangers of losing yourself within the reality of like an open world game like we all love like the new spider-man game is really popular and like red dead redemption and all these open world games that we sort of like deep dive into i think a lot about like games like skyrim where like you spend like 60 hours and you actually get something out of it (laughs) that is something that i think this movie's trying to address but it's also very very weird like there's just it kind of fizzles out, and you're just like, all right. Like, this is probably the first movie I've, we watched. I'm like, I don't know if this needs to really be reexamined. <laughs> you're going to lump this in with Humanoids from the Deep for yourself? <laughs> Might be a Humanoids from the Deep situation. I, uh, I don't know if it's that bad, but. I'll say this. I didn't think. Uh, this movie is shockingly dull and boring at times based on the premise. Yeah. And the actors and kind of the things that do happen. Uh, I found myself shockingly bored at times but i think this movie has some really interesting things happening uh 
throughout, right? I I did write this note, so let's get this out of the way right off the bat. I was like, Existence is the worst game that's ever been made. <laughs> David Cronenberg clearly has never played a video game in his life. Yes. Because I was like, let's see. So we go into Existence. I actually made a list. Let's see. You get to start in a shitty, smutty novelty shop. Yeah. <laughs> then you go to work as a frog slicer. Yep. Then you go to the worst, most unsanitary-looking restaurant to eat slime food. I was like, this game is terrible. <laughs> Not one of these places looks like a world you would want to explore digitally or in real yeah, life. No, everything about everything about what video games are to David Cronenberg sucks. No one would ever play these it games. Remi- <laughs> Existence reminds me of living the worst L.A. life of all time. <laughs> Existence is like being existence is like being a character in Grand Theft Auto Three, but not like the main character. You're just like one of the people walking on the street. That's it. Like, <laughs> like that's yeah. that's that's this that's this movie. Yeah, I mean the strengths of this movie is it it does have an exceptionally good cast, but it, it's kind of strange. Like I actually wrote down that Jude Law in this movie is just a carbon copy of Hayden Christensen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> he's so boring. Like why one took off and the other got insulted into quitting acting, I'll never know because this is a Hayden Christensen performance. I hate, exactly. I hated, I also just, the way that these characters are named too, like Allegra Geller, sure, I hate the name Ted Peichel. Everything about that annoys me. Well, also like, because she says Pykel like 800 yeah, times. Yeah, I'm so tired. Come on, Pykel. Pykel, I'm like. That didn't bother me that much. Oh, God. You know what? Okay, here's the thing that stuck out to me the most upon rewatching this movie. This is the most low-tech science fiction film I think I've ever seen. Yeah. It's weird, right? Here's the thing. So we start everywhere we go. There's essentially no technology anywhere, no. right? There's nothing high tech. Like in the in the room we open up, yeah. Because and this is the thing that the video game console itself, <laughs> uh, or as I like to call it, the Finger Bang sixty four, <laughs> essentially looks like a giant mutated vagina that people kind of rub and tweak. No, no, no and then they have these uh, avatar tubes that they plug into their bio ports that are in the base of their spine. That's the most technology we see other than maybe like a gun. That's like my favorite. This is very low tech. That's my favorite part though of the whole thing is the way she turns. I could not stop every time she turns on the flesh pod or whatever it's called. All she does is like (laughs) she like flicks the nipple and then it turns on. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like this is. Yeah, and then it has that disgusting umbilical cord. Yeah, that umbilical cord that plugs into the base of your spine and the noise it makes and everything. I don't understand why i don't understand why like and i was researching last night i was looking up like after i watched the movie i was looking up like why are these the design elements they use like why does everything look like a vagina why is this so important that like because like in the beginning of the movie so allegra geller gets like shot by some guy who's like death to like death to allegra geller long live the realist death to like, the some demon like allegra geller the That's demon the de- allegra geller so like she's basically like supposed to be She's this famous game designer or whatever. So someone right. shoots her with a gun that looks like a hairball. And it's it's like a hairy bone gun that shoots teeth. Yeah. You find out that she got shot with teeth and it's like, oh, it's because it's organic and it be detected by metal detectors. I'm like, 
Okay. By the way, that feels like it should be its own entire movie, and that is just passed off as a nothing. Yeah, and I'm like, movie. this is a serious problem here, guys. Like, I need the to, world like, where we have so little ammo that we must use teeth. Like, that would make an awesome movie. So that should have been one of the clans in Fury Road. Yeah, the teeth, teeth, teeth shooters. Yeah, the teeth grinders. Teeth grinders. <laughs> there. I also there was one thing that happened. Like when the movie starts, they're like talking to Allegra Geller while she's up on stage. And there's one guy in the front row that just shouts her name. Not, like, he's not important at all. But he just goes, Allegra! And that's it. Right. It's so off-putting well, that, and weird. I don't understand it's it. It's so... Yes. Because first off, it's it's this weird kind of game-testing thing. Everyone's got these vagina pods everywhere. Uh, you see the sad effects of mixing um, one of the doctors with the 90s. <laughs> when you see Crystal Eckerson with, Eccleson with the worst fucking hair gel do ever. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and this is something they said too he's like hey can we prep the slave units and i'm like what the fuck no one gives a shit that there's just slave units everywhere to me the the vaginalness of the slave units right as they were i'm assuming he's talking about game ports and not the testers right they're not the slave units the little <laughs> vaginas are uh the thing about the vaginas to me is i think cronenberg's theory with this movie is that with video games and things like this, right? The rise of the internet. All we're trying to do is we are rebirthing ourselves into these new and different versions of ourselves, right? That right. when you are, you kind of come out of the, the finger bang 64, a reborn and new entity. But yeah, I, I don't know. There's something but, about the low techness of but, this movie that I like. The problem I have, though, with that theory is that, like, the thing that Cronenberg's trying to say is, like, sure, like, I get that. But the problem is, is every time you are in the Finger Bang 64, your job is so shitty and terrible. Like, like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, well, I'm a security guard. Or, oh, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm just, like, pulling frog parts out of uh, frogs. Right. Like, everybody's job inside the Finger Bang 64 is terrible. Like, well, no, the entire world, because this is the thing. She's already created games that are very popular, were led to. And this movie has the very upfront problem, which to me detracted from the movie a bit, but is obviously what Cronenberg's entire theory was, is that we never know what the true reality is the entire movie. Right. There's no single scene in this movie that you can determine is real or not. Right. I mean, in the first scene where they're getting shoot, shot with a tooth gun, right. I would assume is already not real. Right, right. right. And uh, so that's that's kind of one of the hard sells of this is we're in a video game, but everything in this game sucks and is gross <laughs> and dirty. But that, that leads to an interesting kind of science fiction question, right? Which is, what does the world outside of the Finger Bang right. 64 look like? Well, that's the thing. How I've... fucking... <laughs> I mean, is this like a Ready Player One, but worse? <laughs> yeah, can you imagine this being the relief? This being like the relief of the world from the Ready Player One yeah. life. Oh my god! Yeah, instead of like changing your haircuts and you know hanging out with the Overwatch and Pikachu's of the world, you're just like, yeah, I'll go over here to uh, this fucking sleazy pawn shop where they just insert tiny bioports into my back. Like that's no big deal. I love. There's a there's an aspect of this too that like played into the OCD problems I have, which is like. Uh, Jude Law's character is constantly obsessed with getting infected. <laughs> like, he will not well, stop talking dude, about, like, ew. This movie, yes, this movie has an enormous kind of STD problem. Yeah. Which is, because Pykele 
is played as this kind of young, innocent guy, right? Right. He doesn't have a bio part, which is how you plug the umbilicus into yourself. And so Allegra, for some reason, right, to guard me better, you have to follow me into the game. You know, instead of sitting in the real world with a gun ready to fucking murder assassins. <laughs> you're like, all right, sure, let's take that leap. Uh, go into the game and become Hayden Christensen. That'll help our mission. Because <laughs> she even tells him that the enemy's in their own company, probably, right? Right, right. Um, but there's this thing of men are constantly uh, inserting infected ports into... Jude yeah. Law. Yeah, what twice the fuck? he gets someone to infect a port in him, and twice it's infected. First off, never trust a man named Gas. Yeah, Not ever to inf- never to trust a man named Gas who him. looks like Willem Dafoe. Terrible idea. Yeah, that's just like that is <laughs> that is an absolute bingo of red flag untrustworthiness. <laughs> <laughs> but Jude Law's right. Everyone who fucking penetrates him, he's infected. Yeah, it's terrible. Every single time this happens, he's just like, oh. Except for in the game, I guess. The little micro vaginas that jump inside of him. Yeah. That's cool. Until the end. Until the end. Oh, yeah, until the end. It's just such a strange, like, we're jumping around a lot, but it's because, like, this movie does not really focus. Like, it's focused down on, like, a single idea, which is essentially like, oh, we have to protect Allegra Geller. Like, okay, cool. But throughout the protection, like, there's so much that I don't understand that happens a lot of the time. Like, I I, I wrote down so many, like, I, I was mainly focused on design stuff. Like, the design elements of this movie are so weird and awkward. Like, I'm not entirely sure. Like, all I could keep thinking was, like, the last line from Videodrome, which I was just <laughs> like, like, I was like, did he, is this why it's the last, like, did he write this right after Videodrome? And that's the idea. Like, are we in that, is that the scenario we're looking at? Because, like, Everything is flesh. There's nothing that like is like hard digital stuff or like anything. That's the low techness that I like. Right. 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 I get it. Like it's an interesting it's 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 a fascinating design element. I was trying to figure out the entire movie what Cronenberg was trying to say. And I assume like it has something to do with like the idea that eventually we'll all just merge with our own technology and that'll be that. Like we're not we're not in a situation where we have to like wear something. It's part of us. Right, and that's that's actually one of the interesting things that are added to this from like kind of a, a gamer perspective, right? Is there's this concept they play with in the movie is that Jude Law is not in control of his own character, right? Right, that, and this is something that's never been in any video game. Essentially, is that you turn on the game and you have somewhat control, right? You might have to go through certain story parts or follow a path, but you're kind of making the decisions, right? Right. In this. Allegra Geller's game, the character will just say and do things that you have no control over. Right. Which is a really, I'm not, it, it's interesting to me to imagine that Cronenberg saying that these games, we're escaping them to be rebirthed in this better place for us. Right. But yet also builds in the fact that once you enter a game or a virtual reality or the internet, you're in someone else's creation. So it kind of gets to this bigger idea of is there any place where you can just be your autonomous self? Right. And in this movie, it doesn't seem like there is. No, well, no. Like, I, there's something that I noted that I liked a lot, which was um, when they're playing Existence, they're inside. And when they ask a question that's out of the context of, like, the story, it's that pause thing that the guys do. Like, they just roll their head around. <laughs> And it's funny because it's like exactly what I remember from video games when I was a when I was doing like role playing games 
uh, when I was younger was like, like I think about like, did you ever play LA Noir? Like Rockstar games did these a lot where yeah. like LA Noir had that thing where you had the interrogation. And if you asked a question, they would literally like shake their head and it would be a repeat answer. So mm-hmm. like, I think that's, what's interesting is like, yeah, Pykel's not in charge of his destiny within the game, but that's because again, you're not entirely sure where the reality is of the story. Like, who's actually right. controlling this? Well, that's the line they say, right? When she's kind of, like, tickling his opening now. And she's like, ooh, your port wants action. He's like, ew, get away from me. Stop <laughs> fingering my back. Yeah. Stop fingering my spine, you gross person. <laughs> um, and the line that Geller says, because he's kind of like, this is stupid. Why are we playing the game? And she says, I think they're in the game when he says this, but. You have to play the game to see why you're playing the game. Right. Well, right. Which I don't know that that is played out in a profound sense in the narrative of the movie. Right. But in the greater sense of our relationship to technology and video games, it's it's a cool thought, man. And I, I've related to that. Right? right. How many times have you looked up from your technology and you're like, why am I doing this? But you do it all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those, well, like, I like, like, throughout the story, too, like, particularly when they go a level deeper, like, they go the game within the game, past existence, mm-hmm. they go into the other part, and, like, when he becomes, like, the frog puller or whatever, they're talking about when they go to the restaurant, he starts eating the gross food, and she observes, she's like, oh, that's exactly, that's interesting, like, that's something your character is motivated to do in this world, mm-hmm. like, that's another one of those things like it's Cronenberg pointing out to us like, no, you're not you're not in control of your technology. Your technology is slowly becoming in control of you. Like it's dictating to you what you like and to you what you feel. It's the same way like, you know, you get notifications or like like Yelp, for instance, does this thing now where it'll pop up and be like, hey, we noticed you like these kinds of foods. And it's like, why don't you fucking leave me? Yeah. Alone? Yeah. Like that part well, was very interesting. Right, and there's a there's another subpart to that which I like too. The the same concept is when she says, uh, "It's a game that because he's like your game is pointless and what's the value of this?" And she says, "Well, it's a game everyone's already playing." Right. So yeah. it, it puts it in this context of while this world of existence might be kind of just like a shitty reality, right? It's just another shitty reality, right? Um. Outside, because this this does the Russian nesting egg story, right? Yeah. Where, oh, here's another world. Here's another world. Here's another world. And we don't know how infinite that could be. Right. Right? This could be the 16th rung on the ladder, the 1 millionth. What they're saying is that even in our real life is also just kind of a, a shitty, pointless game. Right. You know? So, so why fight it? And I, I think these kind of nihilistic expressions of self and technology and all this it's 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 hard to empathize with any of them right (laughs) i wanted one character to i wanted one character to make me feel anything i felt i felt bad for pikel mainly because everyone kept calling him pikel no one called him ted um well also people kept fucking using the stud finder which just looks like a giant dildo to fucking put infected things in his body yeah i mean but Ted's supposed to be us, which is what's interesting. Like Ted's supposed to be the audience going on this ride. But what's interesting is by the end, you realize the other thing about that is like Ted's Ted's capability and understanding of what's going on is far greater than we all thought, but it's because he supposed he's supposedly it's because he's new to it. 
like his understanding of what's going on is almost greater in some ways because he uh, has been an outsider from it for so long almost. I don't know. It's really strange. Like they never really explain a lot. Well, it's not really, I don't know. Go ahead. Well, because we do this thing with Pico where it's he's clearly the assassin the whole time. This might be one of the worst reveals ever in a movie, right? Right. The fact that they hate Allegra because her games presumably become this opiate of the masses. Right. And we know he doesn't have a bioport. You know, it's weird that he's there in the first place. In and then even in the restaurant, they do the death to the demon Allegra Geller, and then he resets, right? Right. You're like, oh, his character won't let him kill them because that's not where they're at in the story, but he's clearly the bad guy. We don't know why this is his plan, why Allegra's not fighting him. Right. Because it seems like Jude Law, like, hey, when you had that uh, Swiss Army knife digging the bullet out of her shoulder, maybe just ram that in her fucking throat. <laughs> <laughs> so it again comes to this, we, we don't know when the game started, but it's... It's kind of one of those, I don't, I think, I wonder if part of this too is that David Cronenberg is trying to impress upon the audience his hatred for video games. It seems that <laughs> and how way. how dumb he thinks they are. Well, it seems that way. Like, there's this mundane, like, the maybe that's what it is, like, the mundanity of it all, like, them doing stupid things inside a video game and rather yeah. than doing cool shit, maybe is like... Because, I mean, you think about, like, I think about, like, phone games. Like, stuff that, like, require, like, that asks, like, pay-as-you-play games and shit like that. That people, like, spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on. Like, that's the yeah. kind of thing I think of as, like, how mundane and stupid is it to, like, level up sometimes in, like, those kinds of games. And Cronenberg's playing with that. Like, if you're willing to do that, you're willing to, like, sit there and be a cog in a machine, essentially. <laughs> He's like, if you have given it 90 minutes to existence, you are susceptible to the... The moral tale of this movie. <laughs> yes. That's exactly yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a very strange, because yeah, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, it has the great kind of Cronenberg, like you said, the set, like the finger bang 64 is very fun throughout. It's kind of this repulsive little umbilical attachment to the characters. Uh, we get some really good violence. Like when the waiter gets wasted in the restaurant, that was really fun. Yeah. Like that, that was good. And then. We, we just keep kind of hammering this exact point over and over again, right? So now the thing we see is, like, flamethrower guy comes in and melts the the sickly finger bang 64. Right. Victory for reality! So there's this death to the woman that creates the game and then victory for reality. All while we never know what reality is. Right. So it's a film that kind of is always pushing and pulling you betwixt viewpoints and you never get your feet underneath you right it's never there's never a point where you know what's what like they try to do these different um visual cues like allegra's hair is a popular one they do a lot which was like mm -hmm. allegra's hair is one way in one reality another way in another reality another way in another reality and like there are these visual cues but they don't really add up to anything particularly because of the way this movie ends like you can't do that kind of thing and then have it like it's the same problem Inception has. Like you can't do that motif and then violate that motif immediately in in service of the story. Like that's not how that works. That's not how Deus Ex Machina should work. And that's sort of the problem that I have with visual motifs like Allegra's hair is there's no baseline established for that kind of thing. So I have no way of right. knowing. I mean, unless you take the opening scene as a baseline, which I don't. 
I don't either. Because we already have the boner gun. Right. The boner so gun. Here's. Boner I gun think the up. interesting thing, right? I think the low tech nature of it is that Cronenberg's not trying to make a fear technology movie. No, not at all. I think Cronenberg's theory in this movie is that all of reality is. It's impossible to differentiate reality, right? right? What makes something real and what makes it not is only in the eye of the beholder, whether it's the audience, Allegra, Pikel, whoever. Right. And I think what he's doing the whole movie is that Allegra is constantly changing herself and so willing to change herself based on when she's in the game and she's so susceptible to change. And yeah, whatever, this and that. There's even that scene when she fucking kills Ian Holm, right? He's like, the game pot is the precious. And she fucking waste him, right? Right. And Pikel says, what if you just killed an an actual human? And it kind of dawns on her like, hmm, that's weird. So right. Allegra is presented as this person who's just willing to go with the flow no matter what. Right. And has no, essentially she has no kind of anchor of her own character or perspective or soul or code, whatever. Pikel is played as the, I'm really holding on to the core of myself. And then everyone just keeps shoving infected bioports in me. And by the end, he's kind of ruined too, right? At the end, we see them both now as these villains by the time it ends. Right. And I think that's Cronenberg's theory, right? Is don't focus on the technology. Focus on what we're willing to transform ourselves in and to become. Right. And how fast that can happen. Right. Well, and I think that's what plays in so well to the way the movie ends, especially for Allegra, is it's a really specific... She like keeps shouting, "Did I win?" Like that's something that's like I think really important. And it's like because we spent so much time with the mundanity of like the things people are doing in the game that we forget it's a we forget it's a game. Like I did, I totally forgot. And then that that shit came up, and I was like, "Oh yeah, they're like playing a game. Like people are being competitive for some reason. Like who can drag the most like you know pussy pods out and like you know turn in like I, I <laughs> didn't understand it." But, like, that's really what this is, is, like, the you watch these people do these things, you're watching this story, and it does sort of, like, seduce you in and make you not think about it. Because by the end, I had totally forgotten they were, like, it wasn't just the way that we view video games. And maybe this is, like, a 21st century thing, is the way that I remember, the way that I view video games now versus, like, when I view video games then. Like, you played games then to win. Now you play them to level up or be, you know... The no, best. you just you just play them to be play, in that world. To be in the world. You, Games don't end anymore. Right, exactly. And if they do, then they add more shit. <laughs> right, it's downloadable yeah, content. The games like, become the their thing. own um Yeah. I think that's I'm the thing you. about the movie is the movie is the movie treats existence, so to speak, as an actual game. Like you could win or lose at existence. It's weird. Like it doesn't quite add up to me because I'm used to like those games being open world and you're like you're just in those games. That's what that's what they're there for. So I don't know. It's yeah. a strange thing. I mean that's, it's a that's strange true, thing. but in the end I guess I would ask you this though. In the end, does anyone actually win existence? Well no. Then okay, so what once we're in this like <laughs> you know, cashier Rambo's fucking running around blowing people away, flamethrower right, and shit. Right. And then the pussy pods exploded, and he's like, no, the pussy pod's fine. The finger bang 64 survived, and Ian Holmes like, it's my precious. Right. <laughs> and they shoot him, and then Pykel's the assassin, but she implanted him with a bomb, right? Just right. fucking blows, blows his out his back open. real nice. Yeah, and so this is like, 
our action-packed finale, right? Allegra sussed it out the whole time. She's fine. Well, then we take off what now looks... This is the one scene, right, where it looks like technology. There's this kind yes. of blue spine When we're on, on this thing, we that see... That looks like technology yes. with a blue glove, right? Hard, plastic. I thought um, that was really... That was an interesting natural. thing. Like, that feels like now. That felt like 1999 technology. It was like, now it's... Yes. It doesn't look, it doesn't look like flesh. It looks like... Yeah, it's a piece like something you get out of it's like a yeah. head massager from sharper image and you're still in the narcotics anonymous room <laughs> yeah. but now it, it feels different and every character we've seen the whole movie is there right and we realized that allegra was not the designer right no. um i think the guy's name was nutritious he's the designer nourish and so then but then he goes right and everyone's talking about wow your performance was really good and eccleson's like uh, it was a lot at the start. And then I just watched like that kind of sucks for a game. Right. Yeah. So we realized that these other characters are kind of captively watching other people play too. Uh, and he goes over and he's like, Hey, someone, this has a really anti game designer thing. Someone brought that with them. Right. So then what we're, this is an extra layer they add, which is the players bring their own bullshit into the game. And the game adapts to that. Right. And then this is something I, I wrote down. I'm like, why the fuck do all these people keep saying like, why do all these people's dogs bring them guns? <laughs> we find out that Jude Law and Allegra are actually the fucking assassins. Right. And their dog is a holster, a dog holster. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. They blow this dude away and scream, death to the demon, uh, whatever his name, Yamani Nutritious or whatever. Norish. And then at the end, they're walking out, and the, the Asian guy's like, don't fucking shoot me. Stop, stop. You don't have to shoot me. And, then- and they look at him, and he just says, wait, are we still in the game? And it cuts to them in this kind of awesome two shot of them holding the guns, but not answering the question. Right. And they look exactly like every game cover ever. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But that's like, and then that's like the other, that's the extra layer. And that's the problem I had with like them trying to say, now you're in transcendence, (laughs) right? Transcendence is the game. Transcendence. Transcendence is the game they were in or are still in or whatever. But that was the problem that I had with like, like Allegra's hair supposing to be the baseline of when she's where I'm like, how the fuck do I know if that's the real world? I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known in the first place. Like her hair had been curly and then but it was you curly. Never hair. ever know. Right. To Cronenberg, there is no baseline. There is no real world. You can call it something different and it's all the same, right? The right. room is the same. The name is different. The name of the characters is different and their roles in the room are different, right? But it's the same fucking room, right? Right. I think ending it in the exact same like empty kind of room is that that's just wrapping up this whole there is no formed reality for any of us, right? right? It's kind of a very nihilistic movie which is uh nothing is real, nothing matters. Just fucking uh let people pour in and out of you. If you get infections, who cares? <laughs> yeah, it's a weird sort of I'm still not entirely sure of the message. Like the movie is supposed to say like it really is supposed to be like, you know, nothing really matters. But at the same time, I'm kind of not, I don't know. Like, I, 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 it's such a strange movie, and it's not really anything that I think I'd watch again, to be honest with you. I had seen it a long time ago, and this is a time, like, we... There's, there's about a 100% chance I'll never watch Existence again. <laughs> no, but, like, the message of, well, the message that we're talking about, which is, like, you know, existence is Existence is, you know, sort of your own perception essentially that gets so muddied by the end of the movie because like 
you're not really sure what's going on. And then by the end, you're like, why are we, what's the, the cashier Rambo thing? You're like, why is this happening? What is going on? Let me, let me try to put a little bow on this, right? Cause I'm with you. I, I don't need to watch this movie again, but I certainly don't regret that I have seen it. No, no. Twice. And I didn't mean to convey that either. <laughs> and, and there are elements that I do dig in this movie. What I think, what I think you're supposed to take away from the, the cashier Rambo and all that scene, that's them coming out of the game and assuming they're out of the game, but then the game bleeds in, right? It crosses borders. And then when we come back to the same room we started, but everything's shifted, but yet it's still another assassin story. Right. And the fact that Paykel and Allegra are the bad guys now, I think is a direct result of us seeing that they are not true to themselves and that they are willing to let their surroundings and environment change their behavior and become caricatures, right? So I, I think that's where he's going. Right. So the more um, I mean and I think that's why there's no like the the no technology part of it is to me the thing I keep coming back to. And I don't know I guess that's the question to ask, right? So everything I just said works for me. But then the actual seeing technology in the last scene is that just an extra clever game trick to make it feel different while being the same, like we said? Do you think that last room is the real game test? Is that actually where we exist with an S at the end? Or a Z at the end? Maybe. I mean, to me, I think that... I liked your point, though. Like, I think Allegra and Ted being essentially... I mean, what the movie is pointing out that those are both essentially hypocrites. Like, that's the yeah. thing that I think is really interesting is... Their subconscious seems to be, I mean, there's some kind of shit. Allegra's subconscious seems to be a super jealous game designer who isn't as cool as yep. this nourish guy. Yeah. So like their, uh, their additional insecurities. You know what? That's true. Issues. What is their motive for that killing? That's well, true. That's a good point. I got to stop you so you can elaborate. What is their point of killing that guy at the end? Well, that's what I don't understand. I mean, I guess it's subjective because if you believe that it's the real world, then that means that she was a jealous asshole who decided to fucking ruin this guy's game and then kill him. Or okay, here's a okay. So here's something I wrote down. I was just you sent me scurrying to my notes. I liked your point, so we got to go on this. They ask the game designer, right? And this, and you're right. She says she's a game designer, right? She wants to be a game designer, right? And he's, I think he says to her, right, because you were so good in the game, that could work. Right. And and they say, should you suffer for all the harm you've uh, caused? Um, should you suffer for deforming society? Right? Right. So this, this again gets back to that kind of hard question that you're asking right now, which just kind of clicked my light on. She wants to be a game designer, but yet also wants to punish a guy for the pain that games are causing to society right very strange i yeah (laughs) does my theory still hold i don't know yeah i think it's one of those things where i mean it really i think it really depends on the subjective like what do you really think like it's it's a matter of what is it's a matter of what is reality i guess like that's really kind of what this boils down to is like do you think, do you think the that last that, scene is real? Do you think we ever see a reality in that? No. Or do we see nothing but reality? I don't think we ever see reality, personally. 
But how do you know what's real, man? Hey, welcome to the Philosophy is Fuck podcast, bro. <laughs> I hope that's a We're re- just here to toke and solve the problems, bro. I hope that's a real podcast. Like, I really hope that's philosophy a Philosophy actual- is Fuck podcast. Philosophy is Fuck podcast. <laughs> yeah. Who is smart enough to do a whole podcast of philosophy and dumb enough to name it that? <laughs> I, uh, it's a very small amount of people. <laughs> I guess for the sake of argument, I'd say, yes, that is the real world. And I think that's the point, right? Is This is an exercise in futility. Cronenberg's just I, forcing us for 90 minutes to think. Yeah. And we're never going to get the answer. Yeah, I feel like it's a matter of... It's a matter of forced perspective, so I think for the sake of argument, I'd say, yes, it's probably the real world, and by that... I would say my hypothesis of her being a jealous dick is probably much more likely than yeah. uh, her just being like some renegade. Uh, um, I mean, really, this you know what's interesting? This is exactly the plot of uh, that movie Transcendence with uh, fucking Johnny Depp? Depp. I actually like that movie. You talk shit about it. I thought it was a pretty good like AI flick. Oh, that movie is pure dog shit. But it's those, the, this is exactly <laughs> like... <laughs> Coming next week on the show, Transcendence. <laughs> Transcendence. But we're going to add a Z. <laughs> but no, it's the same thing. That, was just like, a, that, that is something that marks it is so 90s. Yeah. Besides Eccleston's hair gel. The Z. The Z is so 90s. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. I think that like she, it's either she's jealous or she's uh, like Kate Mara in Transcendence where she's like unplug and that's how we survive. The, that's how we survive the coming evolution of ai like that kind of thing i'm not really sure yeah it's it's i kind i kind of like the you've deformed society so we'll destroy you people yeah because what that does right if they're assassins that want to kill this guy because his games have deformed society by making people live too much inside of the game right and then they're in the real world angry enough to murder over it you're like, well, the only people he deformed, I guess, are you. Because everyone else is just chilling, playing the worst video game of all time. And you're now a fucking murderer who has now caused your dog to be an accomplice. That's an extra level of evil. So really, it's like they're worried about society being deformed, but they're the most deformed. Yeah. So I kind of like that element that of hypocrisy again. I like, I like it. I like the hypocrisy element more than I like, like... She's just somebody who doesn't like technology. The hypocrisy element at least makes the entire movie seem a little more interesting than what it is. Yeah, if being. she's just jealous, then this is almost like a less interesting swim fan. <laughs> uh, sw- uh, swims fan, I believe. Yeah, swims fan. Swims fan. Oh, wait, swims. When am I above water and when am I under? Who knows? <laughs> now let's port each other in the pool. <laughs> oh, man. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird it's a weird thing. Hey man, as Primus said, they can't all be bangers. True. But any Cronenberg is worth a watch. And I think with almost any movie, you can find things that are interesting enough to extrapolate on and talk to your buddies about it, man. That's all we're trying to do. Yeah, that's all it is. If you actually liked existence, go port yourself. No, just kidding. <laughs> watch it with a friend, man. Maybe they'll like it. Have fun. The the point of this show is how the results of movies are often strange, man. Weird, disparate elements make different reactions for every single viewer. There are no right or wrongs. Uh, This wasn't our favorite, but it was certainly interesting. So watch it, guys. Uh, Share this show with your friends. Don't share existence. Share this show. 
Um, if you would take a minute, guys, share us on your socials to all your young as hell friends. Hell yeah. And if you listen to this show on a place where you can leave a rating and review, socials with a Z, you guys. by the way. Yeah, socials. My new game coming soon. All we do is take pictures of food in our butts. <laughs> it's the world we were destined <laughs> to live in. Uh, <laughs> just rate and review, guys. Please share it. Uh, we'll be back next week with Lawnmower Man. Yes. So, yeah, guys. Uh, thanks, as always, for coming. Catch you next time. For the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Dandino. Peace. Uh,